0: Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. I know I say that every week, but I really do mean it. I'm very thankful that you are willing to take time to really improve your life, your relationship with God, and and really be the best version of, of who you were originally intended to be, and how well that affects all the people around you and encourages them to do the same. So I'm very thankful that you're listening to the show, and and thank you for your feedback about the show. I love the emails that I'm receiving about how they're helping. So I want to encourage you to continue to do that and make sure that you let other people know. They can listen to it on my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And then we have all of them uh, posted on so many different podcast server so you can probably find find the show on your favorite one. And if not, just email me, let me know and we'll make sure that the shows are on that that podcast server as well. So, we are finishing up. We have one more week to go on this having the best year ever and giving yourself the best year ever and how to have the best year ever. And that we want 2020 to really be the best year that it could ever possibly be. Not necessarily better than any of all the other years, except me, myself personally, I'm hoping that 2020 is better than 2019, because 2019 was kind of a rough year. Certainly for me and for other people that I'm talking to as well, that somehow 2019 was a rough one. So we really want to support what God is doing in this year. And the way that we do that, we've talked about positive intention. That means we start every day as if it is a new year. We start again. Every day is a new day. And we begin it again. And we thank God that he gives us new days to start over and to really start again. And then the second thing is we really bring 2019 to a close and we keep it closed. So we make sure that we're not lamenting about last year and doing the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then. Or, or wanting it to be in last year or comparing in, in ways that cause us to, to to really short circuit this year and to not fully live in this year. So we really bring it to a close and we keep it closed. It's like if, if we don't, then we're, we're similar to that driver that is driving forward but looking in the rear view mirror. It's quite dangerous. So then the third thing that we talked about is creating new beginnings for ourselves. That means that we forgive And we create new beginnings. We forgive ourselves. We forgive others. Whatever it is that we need to do a reset on. Because you have to remember that if we don't forgive, we're stuck. And God cannot steer a parked car. Right? So we want to be moving. We want to be moving forward. Moving away from 2019. And either because it was a great year and we don't want to be comparing last year to this year all the time. Or because last year was a painful year. And we want to be thankful that God gives us the gift of time that allows us to move forward. And so then last week, we really talked a lot about managing the internal and the external world and what that means. And how much what I'm doing inside of me affects outside of me. Me, myself, others, the world around me. And that when I am managing my internal world, I perceive the external world very differently. And typically, I perceive the external world in a more truthful way, and I don't attach all kinds of things to the external world and to, and to people, and places, and things because my internal world is in such disarray. So I'm not blaming, right? I'm not. I'm not doing any of those types of behaviors that cause me to think that I'm being victimized somehow. Now, we get victimized. I've been victimized several times throughout my life, and it's not very fun to do, but that doesn't mean I'm a victim. I can be victimized without wearing that identity. So then today, we are going to really talk about practicing how we can live in love, because we know that God is love, so we want to reflect his character, and we want to make sure that we are living in love as best as we can, and that we are consciously living in love when it comes to how we manage and deal with ourselves and the world around us. And so next week, we're going to end this entire segment about really setting ourselves up for a good year by talking about fear. We're not going to worry. So that's next week. So make sure you don't miss the last show on this particular um, section of, and, and that you you really make sure that you've heard all of them as well, because they kind of build on one another and they all go together. So today, when we look at practice living in love, what does that look like? What does that re- what does that really mean? When we are living in love, how do we do that? And so, I want you to think about some of these Bible verses that I really that I really like. And this is 1 John chapter 4, and it's verses 7 and 8. And this is from the NIV, the New International Version. And it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not know God cannot love. So whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. So I want you to think about that. That everything that God does is based out of love. Whatever his decisions are, whatever his choices, however he relates to us, whatever he gives us, whatever he takes away, is always based in love. Now, I, I would I would love to say that I always do that, that everything I do is based in love. But I'm a fallen person. I am I am prone to selfishness and And deceit and worry and concern and sensitivity and all those things that come with being human and come with being a fallen human. So I always have to concentrate on resetting myself so that I am living in love and so that I'm practicing this, that I love others. I don't always love what they do, I don't love how they act. I don't love what they think. But love and like are very different. And, and I am frequently talking to clients about this because we have this tendency to think that love is the same thing as liking somebody. So I can love the world. I don't like everything about it, and I don't like everybody in it. The most wonderful thing, relationally, is when I like the people I love. That's, that's amazing. So some of the, the shows we have done in the past is how to be likable. Because I say to people, if you want to be liked, be likable. Come on. If you want to be loved, be lovable. You have some control over that. Little children don't. So we automatically give that to them even if they are unlikable. Even if they are acting very much in a way that is unlovable. So with other adults, we want to say to ourselves, love has everything to do with loving God's creation. So we take care of the planet, we take care of the animals, and I'm not saying to a, to a ridiculous degree. What I'm saying is we take care of what God values and what God loves. So he loves his creation. So we should take care of what he loves. So loving doesn't always mean liking. So I can love people that I don't really like very well. So love means... If I'm driving down the road and there's a horrible car accident that happens right in front of me, I jump out of my car, it's a stranger, they need help, I'm going to act in a loving manner. I'm going to help them. I'm going to take time out of my day. I might even put myself at risk to help a stranger. That's love. I don't even know if I like the person or not. I don't like that it's happening in the middle of my day. Right? Maybe I don't like what's happening to them, but that is irrelevant when it comes to love. So love covers a multitude of sin, doesn't it? God could not love us and like us at the same time if he didn't cover. So when we look at this in the Message Bible, this First John chapter 4, verses 7 through 10, this is what it says in the Message Bible. God is love. And it says, my beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God, because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God and to others. So that is love. So he says continue to love one another because everyone who is born of God and experiences a relationship with God, knows to love. So the person that refuses to love doesn't know a first thing about God. So you can't say you're a Christian and not love people. I love humans. It takes me two minutes. I start to talk to someone, I fall in love with them immediately. That doesn't mean I like them and I want to go to dinner with them all the time. It means I now have compassion for them. I now want to understand their plight. I want to help them if they need help. So this is an important distinction. So when I really work on that internal, external world, right, internally, I may not like myself very much. The worst thing I can do is withhold love from myself because I'm with myself all the time. So just because I don't like myself doesn't mean I don't love myself. Loving myself means caring for myself, giving myself what I need forgiving myself. That's what love is. So I can really not like myself and still practice love. So remember, we're learning today how to allow for God's best, how to create that internal environment that invites God's will and God's way. So when we create this really foundational approach to living this new year, It'll cause me to better hear the Holy Spirit and to manage whatever successes, failures, hardships are coming. So we want to make sure that we are practicing living in love. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining in. Make sure you listen to the next three segments that we have about living in love and how we really do that and how we honor God, others, and ourselves when we do it. Thanks again. Join me in the next segment. I hear the whispers in my th- Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. You're listening to Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much. I'm your host, Cynthia. So glad that you're joining me today. I hope that your new year is proving to be successful and is proving to be good. And if not, we're going to hope to turn that around. And so we've been talking this whole entire month and the last week of last year about how to have the best year ever. And we talked about many of these different, this combination of things that we are really working on. And again, I'm going to tell you, that's the position of intention. That means that every day I start as if it's a new year every day I start again. That means that the past is the past. Whatever's in the past, I either learn from it or I relish it, but it's still dead. It's the past. Can't go back there. The second thing, I make sure that I bring that year to a close, that I'm not being the driver that's driving forward and staring in the rearview mirror, right? So it's over. It's past. I look forward to the future. And then that helps me create new beginnings for myself. So that means I forgive whatever occurred in the past, however many years back you need to go, even if it's just yesterday or if it's when you were 10, whatever it is, we need to clean that up so that we can really allow for new beginnings that are not contaminated by the past. And that means not contaminated with great successes that we keep wanting to relive or abysmal failures that we can't seem to forget. So we create new beginnings. And we really talked last week about managing our internal and our external world and how powerful it is when I am in charge of my internal world and my internal world is working. Because then I either enjoy the external world much more, I also have appropriate expectations that are realistic, And if it's really bad, I manage it better. It doesn't damage me. It doesn't hurt me as deeply. So now we're talking about how we really live in love. And that's what we're practicing. And so if you're just tuning in, the last segment, we really talked about this really powerful verse that I I absolutely love. And that is, this verse about god is love and it's 1st john chapter 4 verse 7 through 10 and it really says to us and this is the message version out of the message bible my beloved friends let us continue to love each other since love comes from god because god is love everyone who loves is born of god and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So if you don't know him, you don't know love. This is how God showed his love for us. He sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we're talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice To clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. So think about this. None of us can claim to be love. We want to work on being loving. That's the distinction. God is love. He's not just loving. He is love. He is the source. He's it. So we want to reflect the fact that we're created from him. the way we do that is we practice love. So let's think about what is love? What really is it? You know, everything is really about love and understanding how powerful it is. I mean, we have so many biblical references for what love does, what it's made to do, how it feels. And first and foremost, it tells us that love never fails. Now, I'm sure that you have had relationships where you have loved people dearly and deeply. And maybe the relationship failed. But what I want you to think about, the love that you gave, you didn't fail. You never fail when you love. If it's not received, that's a failure on the other side. So God doesn't stop being loving or being love simply because everybody in the world is not responding to him. He still is love. So love never fails. So that means that we don't want to think that if we loved somebody and they didn't respond that it's our failure. No, we didn't fail because we practiced love. So the hardest part for us as humans is to know how to love well. To know what love quote-unquote, actually is. It's important that we know that love does not always feel good, right? Think of the, the, the story of Jesus, of Christ. Him practicing love and being love to the world did not feel good for him. It killed him. So again, true love, it doesn't always feel good. So the world is searching hard for love, marketing it, replacing it, selling it, explaining it, exploiting it, misrepresenting it. So what really is this thing called love? So you and I, we want to know what love is. I mean, and that is a title for a song, right? So when we think about this, we have to say to ourselves, we can only know what true love is when we go to the one who, quote, unquote, is love, where true love emanates from. See, God is love. It's not like he created it. He is it. So now because he's all truth, we can find and actually experience true love through him. The reason it's important to make the distinction of true love and not just love is because we are taught and experience many things that are called love. But as we become healthier, more truth-based people, we might find out that what we might have originally considered love to be was, in fact, not love at all. So we can confuse healthy, corrective, uncomfortable, and painful love as abuse. And conversely, what feels so intense and pleasurable, we might interpret as true love, only to find out it wasn't true love at all. It was selfishness it was abuse, it was exploitation. So we have to make this distinction between knowing what love is versus knowing how love feels. And knowing that love doesn't always feel good. That doesn't mean it's not love. So how do we know what true love really is? How do we know what love is? Well, we're going to talk about that, and I I, there's a particular author that I like, and, and depending on the context, he really talks about how love can be different. But at times, the very existence of love might even be questioned, and so we might feel like it never even exists. We might feel like we trusted in it, and it let us down, and so we say to ourselves, "We're not going to love ever again." We don't want to love. And so the history of our world, we witnessed many events, a, a hatred between brothers and parents and children and countries, neighbors, spouses, boyfriends, girlfriends, lovers. Friends have betrayed each other. The son killed his parents for the throne, right? We have horrible, countless, endless examples of what love isn't. So join me in the next segment as we continue to talk about what love truly is. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me again in the next segment. I hear the whispers in my welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And you can listen to the shows off the website or you can go to any of the podcast servers. And we are pretty much on the majority of them. You can find conversations with Cynthia there and listen to them as well. Please make sure you forward them to your friends. And we have some people that are using them as a small group uh, for small group discussions. And so if you are doing that make sure you let me know. We can get you either questions that are pertinent to the show that help some of that discussion and, and possibly some type of a script that helps you know what the show is about as well. So we are talking today about love and what love really is. Because part of having that really, really, the best year ever here, 2020, is really living in love. And how do you really live in love? And so there's a famous line. It says, love is not responsible for these gruesome dilemmas of every day these people have forgotten the meaning of love and have undertaken such gruesome apathy and so he goes on to say that love's not responsible for gruesome apathy or violence so whatever ugly you've seen in the world love is not responsible for this we are see this is because we are the people who forsaken love and we've replaced it with gruesome apathy and this doesn't mean there's not a, a lot of high emotionality. See, apathy means I still want to be loved, but I'm so burned out on it, I don't want to try anymore. And I want someone to love me first. And that's apathy. So, I, you know, I googled, um, I want to know what love is. And there's like 571 million posts. So what does this tell me? You have to think about this. Countries have been won and lost over love. And, you know, this band, I think it's an 80s band, Foreigner, that famous song, it went on for pages and pages and pages of what inspired that painful song. And just as we see this famous song, we also know this band, I think Nazareth Nazareth was a band, and it says, this is what... Foreigner has said, as well as Nazareth, that says, I want to know what love is. There's been heartache and pain in my life. I don't want to face it again. I can't stop now. I've traveled so far to change my lonely life. The writer goes on to say, I'm going to take a little time, a little time to look around me. I've got nowhere left to hide. It looks like love has finally found me. That's what every human is desiring. Mammals, even. We include the mammal kingdom. So we see this tendency as humans that no matter how much we've been hurt, we're going to try again, right? We always try again. So I tell my clients repeatedly, it's not stupid to try again. It's human. It's part of being made in God's image that we always keep trying. We can't stop loving And isn't it comforting to know that God never stops trying and God never stops loving? So again, I like the the words of that song. We're going to take a little time. A little time to think things over. We're going to figure it out and we're going to start again. So the most important thing you can do if you've been hurt is to take a little time. Take time to heal. So that when you jump back in and love again... You have a much different perspective on what your expectations are and what you are able to give and willing to give. So if we look back at this song, it says, I want to know what love is, and I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I know you can show me. That's a song from Nazareth, and that I think we can say that to God. I want to know what love is, really, and I want you to show me, God. Even though he already has, we want him to reveal it to us. And then we're going to take some time, right? We're going to take some time. And we're going to really understand the depth, the breadth, the height, the width of God's love for us. So that we can be living in that love. So that when we encounter people that are unloving, that are painful, that are abusive, we are not we are not. Painted and contaminated by it. Yes, we're going to be hurt because loving humans always involves some hurt. But the better we understand love, the better in our internal world we are practicing love, the better we withstand the hurt of the world. The better we bounce back. It's kind of like that horrible saying, the drunk driver always survives the crash, Right? Because he's flexible instead of bracing himself against the crash. So we want to be flexible people. We want to be forgiving people. Forgiveness allows flexibility because we want to know what love is. So I'm glad you're listening today. Join me in this last segment as we talk more about living in love and how to truly do that well and to have that returned back to you. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Check out the website at cynthiahyatt.com. I hear the whispers in my well, Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me and we are talking about living in love as a part of this series on how to have the best year ever. And love, wow, that's a big topic. And we were talking about some of these, these songs that we have had over the course of time, and, and this one that I remember, I, I spoke a little bit about this band Nazareth from, I think it was in the 90s, maybe, I can't remember. But it's this song that they wrote that's called Love Hurts. And this is what we want to think about. We're not masochistic. We don't want to think that love just always hurts, but it does. And so this band, I'm sure it really honored Christ because it's about him. And it says, love hurts, love scars, love wounds and marks. Any heart not tough or strong enough to take a lot of pain needs to take a lot of pain. Love is like a cloud. It holds a lot of rain. And it goes on to say... I'm young, I know, but even so, I know a thing or two I learned from you. I really learned a lot. Love is like a flame. It burns when it's hot. Love hurts. And so I want you to think about that, that God knows that love can hurt. It killed him. But love is the thing that lasts forever. Not hurt. Hurt doesn't last forever. And so when we think about this and we think about what love really is and why it's so important for us in our internal world to be practicing love so that it emanates from without versus conditional love that says, I only love you if. So let's, let's look at this. Let's look at, always remember You know, this saying, God never gives us more than we can handle, right? Well, it really gets very misinterpreted. I don't like that saying. See, it implies that God's giving us abuse and unnecessary hardship. What God really says is what you're going to get, you may not be able to handle, but I can. And if you'll let me, I will help you handle it so that you become a stronger, softer, kinder, gentler person. He can take the hardship that is not even manageable for us and make it into a good thing. So the world always gives us, I mean, oftentimes more than we can handle. Now, what really is love? So this is where we want to think about it. In the Bible, now this is using 17 different versions and including the words loves, loved, loved. Love, etc., the average is 588.7 times. And that doesn't include the word loving in the New Testament or loving kindness in the Old Testament. That adds about 100 more times, 100 more references. And it's quoted at least 319 times in the Old Testament and 230 times, 32 times in the New Testament. So think about how many times it's said in the Bible versus the contrast of 1.4 million times when you Google it. And so when we look at a preliminary definition of love, let's look at this, at this particular scripture. This is Romans 12, verse 1, and it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is your true and proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. goes on to say, For by grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with... The faith God has distributed to each of you. And this is really important. And it goes on to say that we're to really serve and to give encouragement and to give generously and to do it diligently and to show mercy and to do it cheerfully. That's love in action. See, verse 9 says, love must be sincere, must hate evil, and it clings to what's good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another. And this is, this is really difficult for us to do. See, we have three types of love, right? We have agape love, we have philia love, and we have eros. And the love that we're talking about today is agape. And agape is different than any of the other types of love because the essence of agape love is self-sacrifice, And unlike our English word love, agape is not used in the Bible to refer to romantic or sexual love. It doesn't necessarily even refer to close friendship or brotherly love, which is the phileia word. So agape means charity. That type of love means charity. So when we talk about 2020 and living in love, we are talking about practicing agape love on an ongoing basis. And this is unique, and it's distinguished by its real true nature and character. The agape love is really the love that comes from God. That's the nature of who he is. He is love himself. So the Apostle John affirms this in 1 John verses 4.8. It says, God is love. God does not merely love. He is love itself. So everything God does flows from his love. But it's important to remember that God's love, it's not sappy, sentimental love, such as what we often hear portrayed. God's love is his nature and the expression of his being. We want to be love, not just loving. See, he loves the unlovable and the unlovely. That's us. Not because we deserve to be loved, but because it's his nature to do so. And so he must be true to his own nature and character. This is, this is really, really important when we talk about our internal world. We want the nature of God so that we are loving. Not because we choose to necessarily always be it, or that we think the person deserves it, or we're in a particularly good mood that day. We want to be loving because we can't help it. Because we can't help but love God's creation, even when it's very unlovable. And so we want the nature of God to be emanating from us. And the nature of God is love. Not just to be loving. The nature of God is love. And so what did God do? He displayed it most clearly at the cross when Christ died for the unworthy creatures who were dead in their sins. So he died for us not because we deserved it. But Romans 5.8 says God commends his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. The object of agape love never does anything to merit love. This is really important. Agape love means I love you. Because my nature is to love. I can't help but love you. That doesn't mean I don't practice good boundaries. That doesn't mean any of those. It means that I can be loving. This is what charities are about. So I can be charitable to the person next to me. I can be charitable to somebody that is on the street, that lives on the street. I can be charitable to the person that's driving around in a Lamborghini. He still needs love. She still needs love as well. So my love is not conditional. My intimacy is conditional. See, this is a huge, big distinction. God loves everyone, but he's not intimate with everyone. But God still loves the world, even though the world doesn't know him. So intimacy, that's a different type of love. So when we think about loving people and living in love, that's the sacrifice. As we see, that Jesus gave the parable of the Good Samaritan as an example of the sacrifice for the sake of others. So even those who may care nothing at all about us or even hate us, as the Jews did with the Samaritans, Agape love isn't based on a feeling. Agape love is determined by an act of the will. That's why this is so important. It's a joyful resolve to put the welfare of others above our own. And I'm not talking about codependency. I'm not talking about getting our worth and value from how much people like us. I'm talking about having the life of Christ inside of us that should be emanating from us that never runs out. And so we can continue to love people that are not lovable or don't seem to be deserving of love and who may not even appreciate the love that we give them. See, this is super important to that. In Romans 5.5, 5, it says, Because that love is now in our hearts, we can obey Jesus who said, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. As I have loved you, you should also love one another. Doesn't say anywhere in here, like. You should like one another. Enjoy one another. Want to hang out with one another. Doesn't say anything. Oh, be in love with one another. Doesn't say anything about that. It says, first and foremost, agape love. It's free. Love is free. It should cost nothing. And so this new commandment even is involving loving one another to the point of death. Well, that's why we see people that are in, at many times, in the military. We see people that serve the community as so valiant because these are people they don't even know they are willing to die for. So when we look at this agape love for the new year, this is a position of intention, right? That's the first thing we talked about position of intention that I choose to live in love I'm assuming the best of people I'm going to be careful about how I judge I'm going to be careful about withholding okay I'm I'm not talking about being ridiculous okay God has given us the spirit of wisdom as well we have the Holy Spirit that helps us have wisdom but I want to make sure that as you're going through your day that you are practicing just looking at other humans out there that you don't even know in a a manner of love. Maybe they're having a bad day. Maybe they're snotty. Maybe they're mean. Maybe they're really impolite and disrespectful. Okay, whatever. You can overlook that and still be walking in love. That I don't wish anything bad on these people, that I don't even know especially. And we do that as well for the people we do know. And we give them grace and mercy. That doesn't mean we are without boundaries. The closer we are to people, the healthier we need to be because we affect them them more. So when we are practicing agape love, it is without condition. I'm not deciding whether you deserve it or not because I'm not trying to necessarily have intimacy with you. So many times when I have couples that are in, in really bad shape, I say to them, let's not worry about sexually wanting to make it work with each other. Let's not worry about being best friends. Let's just have agape love. Let's just love because God loved us. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. I'm really glad that you joined me today as we talked about this issue of love and what love really is. And so here's what I want you to think about. I want to leave you with this. I need to honor my master. I need to care for what he cares for, to care about what he cares about. This means all people this means me. I care for me as well. I need to be responsible for the fact that love is a feeling and it is intention put into action. And that if I don't have the feeling, I still have the intention. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me next week as we finish this segment and we talk about fear. Don't worry in this new year. Have a blessed week.